Book 19, The Departure Chapter 1 My name is Cassie. I am an Anamorph. That's the name we made up for ourselves. Or, actually, it's the name Marco made up for us. I'm not that clever with words. I wish I were more clever with words. I really do. Because the story I have to tell is too strange, and in some ways too beautiful, for me to tell very well. But I'll do the best I can. And later, when I can no longer tell the story, Jake will take over. Here's what you need to know to begin with. We are not alone in the universe, we creatures of Earth. We humans are just one of maybe thousands of thinking, reasoning species. There are seven or eight that I know of for sure, ones that I have personally seen. Humans, Andalites, Yurks, Horkbajir, Taxons, Lyrans, Geds, Chi, and the Elemis, if you can call them a species. Among these species, the Yurks move like a virus. They are parasites like intelligent tapeworms. They enter a body, wrap themselves around the brain, and take over complete control. Complete control. The poor creature who has been infested loses all power over his own actions. He loses all privacy. His memories are like a bunch of videotapes that the yurt can play whenever he wants. We call a human who has been taken over that way a controller. The hork have all been made into controllers. Well, almost all. The Taxons, too. The Geds. And now, the Yurks are after the human race. They have invaded the body of the human race like a virus. Like a cancer. Unseen. Unsuspected. Growing. Spreading. Enslaving. I guess you'd call them evil. I always did. An evil race. An evil species. And I guess you'd say the Andalites are the opposite. The Andalites fight the Yurks. It was a brave Andalite prince who broke his own laws to give us the power to morph. It's the only power we have to fight the Yurks. This is what I believed, that the Yurks are evil, that the morphing power is all we have. So I should have been glad to be able to fight the Yurks. I should have been glad to have the morphing power. I should have been glad. Cassie, behind you! It was night. I was the wolf. I spun with far more than human speed. I saw the Horkbashir's clawed, bladed foot slash toward me. I jerked aside. The foot landed in the dirt beside me, missing me by a hair. One inch to the left, and it would have opened me up like a sardine can. The Horkbashir was off balance now. All his weight was on that foot. I could see the muscles rippling. I could see the tendons straining. I lunged. I opened my jaw wide. I closed my teeth on those muscles, on those tendons and I clamped with all the shocking power the wolf possessed. I twisted my head savagely, ripping, tearing, trying to do damage. I vocalized as I bit down. I repositioned, bit down again, and twisted and twisted, shaking my shoulders to help rip and tear. The hork screamed in pain. He tried to slash at me, but now he was off balance in the other direction. 
he was falling back, thrown off by his own wild flailing. He fell. The sound of his fall was sharp and clear and full of details to my incredible wolf hearing. My wolf sense of smell recorded the panic hormones, the hork equivalent of adrenaline that flooded his system. My wolf ears could even hear the machine gun pounding of his hearts and the pulsing throb of the big arteries in his neck. All around me, the battle raged. Jake, our unofficial leader in Tiger Morph. Rachel, as a huge rampaging elephant. Marco, like me, a wolf. Tobias in his own hawk body, soaring and diving, attacking eyes and faces. And Axe, the Andalite, his sharp tail flailing like a bullwhip, a razor-tipped bullwhip. We had been on a simple reconnaissance mission. It was a meeting of the Sharing, the front organization for controllers. They were having a party for new members. New members who thought they were joining something like the Boy or Girl Scouts, but would soon be dragged, willing or not, to be infested by yurks and be made slaves. It was a cookout in the park. A bonfire blazed. People ate hot dogs and coleslaw and slices of pie. The adults drank beer. The kids drank cokes. The night sky was full of stars. We had sneaked up close to the meeting in various morphs. We had identified a dozen people we did not know were controllers, including a radio DJ who did one of those wacky morning shows, a state highway patrolman, a TV news reporter, and a substitute teacher who I had for homeroom for two months while my regular homeroom teacher was having a baby. A simple mission, nothing too dangerous, except that it had all gone wrong. Far from the main meeting, off to one side, out of sight of the innocent, naive people who wanted to join for the fun. The executive meeting had gone suddenly weird. One of the human controllers had made a mistake of some sort. A serious mistake. And suddenly, she was being hauled off toward a waiting bugfighter by Horkbyshire warriors. They wanted to take her to Visser Three, the leader of the Yurk invasion of Earth. She knew what that meant. If she was lucky, her death would be quick. She started to yell. But I didn't do it! I didn't do it! You have to tell the Visser I'm innocent! That's when we changed our plans. That's when we decided to get involved. See, we figured if we saved the woman, the Yurk in our head might cooperate with us, might reveal secrets to us. And we only saw two Hork Bashir and a gaggle of human controllers, none of whom had a weapon. So we morphed into battle morphs. And that's when the other five Hork Bashir showed up. We fought. Not exactly for the first time. And we were winning. Ah! The Horkbyshire cried in panic and pain. The Horkbyshire's leg was in bad shape. I let go of it. I leapt up the length of his body. He slashed at me, but weakly. His night sight was not as good as mine. He didn't see me as clearly as I saw him. I saw his throat, unprotected. Okay, they've had it. Back away. Back away. Jake yelled. But it was too late for the hork Too late to keep the wolf that was me from doing what its instincts taught it to do. Too late. We backed off. We stood for a moment, glowering at the battlefield. I could clearly see the main group of the sharing, laughing and singing and having fun, off beyond this dark, bloody field. They were oblivious. They'd seen nothing. But just beyond the battlefield stood a handful of human controllers. They stared at us with hatred. We stared back at them. And then we turned 
and melted away into the night. Okay, everyone, let's get out of here, Jake said wearily. He's always depressed after a battle. Seven of them, six of us, and we ruled, Rachel said. She's usually up, almost giddy, after a battle. Tobias was silent, as he usually is after a battle. Marco looked for a joke. You know, I was gnawing this hork arm, and I just kept thinking, mustard. It would go so much better with mustard. Marco jokes after a battle, and before, but the jokes afterward are always kind of strained. Axe calmly wiped his tailblade off on the grass as we walked, and I said, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, it was not a smart fight, but hey, we won. Rachel said, No, I mean I'm never doing that again. I said, Never. I quit. I quit the stupid war. I quit the Animorphs. I turned and walked away from the others. I felt their eyes following me. Maybe if I hadn't felt so hollow, so weak, so sickened inside, maybe I would have felt the extra set of eyes on me. But I wasn't paying attention. I was done being afraid. I was done hurting other creatures. I was done, done, done being an Animorph. Chapter 2 I demorphed as I headed toward home. It started to rain a little, just a drizzle, just enough to turn the leaves wet, to make the grass squishy as I walked across the field. The lights were bright at my house. Through the family room window, I could see my mom sitting at her desk, going over paperwork. I couldn't see my dad, but I knew where he was, in his big easy chair watching TV, the remote practically glued to his hand. Our big barn was dark, just a tiny bright white light to mark the door so we could find it if one of the animals needed care in the night. The barn is also the wildlife rehabilitation clinic. Both my parents are vets. My mother works with the exotic animals at the gardens, which is a zoo slash amusement park. My dad runs the clinic, where he takes in injured wild animals. Squirrels, geese, voles, foxes, deer, rabbits, bats, raccoons, hawks, you name it. I helped my dad in the barn. I give meds, medicines, to the animals. I clean them up and change bandages and feed them. I headed for the barn to get the change of clothing I kept hidden there. See, when we morph, we can only morph the tight shirts and leotards we call our morphing outfits. I couldn't exactly show up back home wearing just that. I didn't turn on the lights in the barn. I knew my way around, and I could see a red exit light and the light from the computer we used to keep track of the animal's progress. I passed by the cages. Most of the animals were quiet, but not all of them were asleep. The nocturnal animals were pacing to and from, those that could pace. I walked by a fox. Its tail had been hacked off, probably by some troubled kids. It paced and stared out of the cage, and paced some more. It looked at me. It had very intelligent eyes. It looked right at me. It's okay, I said to the fox. I found my clothes in the tack room, changed, and walked to the house. Cassie, there you are. It was my dad. He was kicked back in his easy chair, just like I knew he would be. You didn't walk home, did you? It's raining. 
No, Rachel's mom gave me a ride. I didn't hear a car pull up. I forced a laugh. You were probably watching TV. Lies came so easily. I had become an expert at lying since becoming an anamorph. But now, there would be no need for lies. Yeah, this news story. A leopard escaped from some fool who keeps exotic animals. They think it may have made it back up into the mountains. Flawed a man pretty badly. It'll be a tough job recapturing a leopard. Honey? He yelled in a louder voice, directed toward the kitchen. Cass is home. My dad seemed way too perky. Way too cheerful. It was an act. I went into bright light and gleaming linoleum. Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetheart, my mom said. Now my radar really tingled. My mom isn't one of those honey, sweetheart kind of people. Something was wrong. I felt my dad coming into the kitchen behind me. What's the matter? I asked. My parents sat down at the round table. I sat down too. I was expecting a lecture about staying out too much. I was ready to promise not to do it again. I was ready to mean it this time. There's no easy way to do this, my mom said. Cassie, we lost funding for the clinic. We just got word this evening. I shot a look to my dad. He looked away and down, and up at me, then away again. What do you mean? I asked stupidly. My dad muttered, The, uh, the pet food company that's been paying to support the clinic is pulling out. I am trying to get a new company to help us out, but it doesn't look good. It looks like we're going to have to shut down the clinic. I should have had something to say. They were both looking at me like I'd have something to say. But I just didn't. We know this will upset you, my mom said. And I just stared blankly. We'll keep trying, my dad said. In fact, I'm leaving town tomorrow to talk to a vice president at this new company. I tried to find some words, but nothing. It was like every part of my life that mattered was being taken away in a single night. No more Animorphs. And I knew what that meant. Rachel would pretend to still be my friend, but she'd never really forgive me. Jake would still like me, but his life was about being leader of the Animorphs. And now this. I was even losing my animals. My mother was peering closely at me, looking bothered. Um, honey, you have something in your teeth. Right there. She pointed to her own teeth. I felt with my fingers. I pulled out a small shred of something green and gray. Somehow, while morphing from wolf back to human, it had become lodged between my shrinking teeth. A small sliver of Horkbajir flesh. Chapter 3 It took a long time for me to get to sleep. I just kept thinking. It's all gone. Everything that was big and important in my life. All of it, gone. My best friend. The guy I... That I liked. The animals I loved. What was I going to do now? What was I going to be? I was just another short, slightly chubby girl now. I had to tell Jake it was all a joke. I couldn't quit. Was I crazy? I couldn't quit. But then, in the darkness, I saw that orc bajir I felt my powerful jaws grinding. I've met a couple of free orc bajir 
The Hork-Bajir are a ferocious-looking race. Seven feet tall, with razor-sharp blades at their wrists, elbows, even on their legs and tail. But sometimes looks are deceiving. The hork use their blades to peel bark off trees back on their home planet. That's what they eat. They are peaceful herbivores. It wasn't the fault of the hork He never did anything to me. It wasn't him trying to cut me up with his blades. It was the yurk in his head. That poor hork had no control of anything. But he felt the pain. He suffered. He suffered because of what I did to him. And now... Whatever hopes he might have had of someday being free, well, those hopes were gone. Because of me. It was battle, I whispered into the sheets drawn up under my chin. It's a war. I hadn't heard Jake call us off. I hadn't heard in time. If I had, the hork might still have his dreams of freedom. And yet, when had Jake called us off? Before I lunged or after? It was all confused in my mind. Confused. I guess I drifted off to sleep, because I started to dream. I was huge. Huge! More than forty feet long from my tail to my blunt, roaring head. Eighteen feet tall, with teeth that were seven inches long. I was the most dangerous predator the world has ever known. I was Tyrannosaurus. In the dark, I saw the Triceratops slam its huge horns into another Tyrannosaurus. It was Marco, in morph, just like me. He was on his side, his belly exposed to the horns. I flexed the huge muscles in my tree trunk legs. I dug my massive bird talons into the dirt. And I leapt. Tons of muscle and bone soared through the air. I landed beside the Triceratops. I lowered my head and opened my mouth and bit down into the exposed spine of the Triceratops. I sank my teeth into it, and jerked back with all my might. I felt the big dinosaur come up off the ground. Marco was safe. I knew that. But I was caught up now in the rage of battle. I roared. And the Triceratops screamed. I shook my Tyrannosaurus head, worrying the screaming Triceratops like a dog worrying a bone. And then, the Triceratops stopped making sounds. It hung limp. I dropped it and stood over the fallen creature, and I bellowed. I roared in triumph. The sound shook the leaves and the trees. It seemed to shake the distant stars. I screamed again. I felt within me all the violence of nature, all the ruthlessness of the survival of the fittest, all the power of muscle and bone and claw and tooth, all the ageless, never-ending lust for conquest, wrapped into one awesome roar. I woke up. I jumped out of bed and ran to the bathroom in the hall. I closed the door and turned on the light. I sat there on the closed toilet for a while, shaking and holding my face with my hands. I brushed my teeth. I kept brushing my teeth till my gums were bleeding. With pink-stained toothpaste foaming around my mouth, I looked at myself in the mirror. Was this what it was like to go nuts? I opened the window. Cool night air flowed in. The rain had stopped. From here, I could see the barn, 
quite close by. Soon, it would be empty. No more animals. I saw a flash of movement, just a patch of darkness that shifted out of sight behind the barn. Probably an animal drawn to the smell and sounds of prey in the barn. Only, the eyes, the faint glimmer of eyes, did not come from low to the ground. It came from higher up. Like human eyes. I stared for a while and had the feeling that someone was staring back. Then I closed the window and went back to bed. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And, uh, sorry about getting the supercut out for Megamorphs the same day as this episode's going out. I try to avoid doing that. Uh, I just got distracted this week and forgot. Uh, of course, if you... Oh, there's a truck outside. Of course, if you only listen to the supercut, you won't hear any of this, so I guess it's fine. Uh, I got some announcements here. First one right up uh, front, because I just finished doing this before sitting down to record this part. I officially have now an Audiomorphs Twitter for everybody. That is at Audiomorphs, not Audiomorphs Cast, like every other uh, thing I put set up. This time it's just Audiomorphs, because uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but that is the official Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting announcements when I have them. That, I mean, this is why I made it. Uh, I, I got tired of, like, if I'm am late or missing a week uh i I just want a way to say you know hey guys here's what's up without you know like publishing an episode about it you know um so i I finally got off my butt and did that uh spent like an hour hour and a half creating uh recreating the animorphs logo because i couldn't find a high-res one uh so go appreciate that i took the time to do that in photoshop it was very fulfilling i like using photoshop um but there is that uh, I also got a uh, a message uh, through the, my contact form on my website. That website is theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. And this is from, and let me let me make sure I get this correct because uh, they they very kindly offered me a pronunciation guide. So this should be Al Ru wrote in. And uh, I apologize if I still got it wrong. I'm trying my best. But it uh, reads, Hi there. Let me start by saying I practically binged all the animals these past two months while working or on my way to work. And they shone a light on these less than good days. So thank you. Don't know how I'll manage now that I'm caught up. Since I know my name is... Oh, sorry. That's the pronunciation guide. Uh, Yes, I am not in an English native country. Portugal, to be exact. Very cool. Shout out, Portugal. Um, And I apologize... For, uh, if I screwed up any of the pronunciation in that one book early on, uh, I think it's like book nine or whatever, when they go to the Amazon rainforest and, uh, they got, they, they meet some indigenous people who speak Portuguese. Uh, I tried my best. I do not speak any Portuguese. Um, so sorry if that was bad for you. Uh, continues. I love what you do with the series and the show itself. It shows that you do it out of love and care. I came to know Animorphs a little late in my life, but I couldn't find any books except for the first eight and the last one, which I have and must have read a bunch of times. Made me eager to know all that happened in between, so I'm thankful I found you. Keep doing the good work, voices, music, sounds, and all. Thank you again. Thank you so much for writing in, Aru. Uh, Very similar experience growing up. I I got to read most of the series as a kid, but I did specifically own the Hork-Bashir Chronicles, and I did read that one uh, extra. I read that one maybe like 
five or six times growing up. It's got a very cool cover. Hork Pajir looked very cool. Um, so I, I totally relate to that. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for enjoying what I do. Um, and I'm going to keep on uh, doing good work, hopefully. Uh, knock on wood and all that. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, I think that is all I got for everyone this week. Um, I'm already sort of little, rambling a little bit. Um, so let me just get out of here. Um, you, you, you know the end of the show notes. You know, I mentioned theapocalypse.com, my website. It's got um, all the other creative projects I currently have on hiatus, uh, including Into the Rewatch podcast, which is now sadly on hiatus because my co-host Jesse is experiencing some technical issues we hope to get resolved uh, later this month. Um, but in the meantime, you know, you can see my, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's on there. Check it out. I pay money for it. <laughs> uh, you can also reach me through that and also through Tumblr at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com and at Gmail, audiomorphscast at gmail.com. And now on Twitter at audiomorphs, not audiomorphscast, just at audiomorphs. Uh, I'm going to mess that up a bunch of times. I can already tell. Uh, that's just poor planning on my part. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.